Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Cosmic Circle, the official podcast of The Cosmic Circus, where we discuss everything nerdy under the cosmos. On today's episode, we'll be talking about secret invasions. That's right. Marvel Studios is back on Disney Plus after a six-month wait, and we are so excited to talk about it. My name is Brian Kitson, head writer at The Cosmic Circus, and joining me today are Alex Perez, Anthony Flagg, and Uday Katara. How are we doing, guys? They have me under an NDA that states I can't speak for more than 30 seconds at a time. So good luck. The, the clock is ticking. Sorry. <laughs> that was I'm Alex good. Perez, everybody. Hi, I'm good and I'm, I'm not Alex under NDA. <laughs> this is Anthony and I'm good. Hi, I have nothing to say on this one. <laughs> well, then with that lovely intro, let's get started. So like I said, Marvel Studios is back in Disney+. Plus. And not only that, Nick Fury has returned. Um, this is the first live-action project that we've had with uh, Nick Fury in a in a starring role since Captain Marvel. I'm not counting uh, the end of Infinity War, and I couldn't remember if he was in Endgame. So if, if someone wants to fill me in with those, that's okay. Um, but what do we think of his return? He was, and I, he was in Endgame? <laughs> he was in Endgame uh, at the end at the funeral when like yeah. the shot of like everyone uh, on the file at the mm-hmm. cabin and then all of a sudden he's like the last person at the cabin and he was standing okay. behind carol so it's cute that you know they're still friends oh there we go <laughs> full circle moment so he's back and he's on our screens so what do we think of his return and alex i'm gonna start with you i got the clock started <laughs> oh <laughs> great to put me on the spot uh you know, I, I I thought it was great. I I know that this story really is just about putting Nick Fury in essentially like Nick Fury trying to come to terms with the fact that the world isn't what it used to be, and at the same time trying to take uh trying to handle the effects of the blip because all of these shows after after Endgame have really all just been about how everyone has handled the blip in different parts of of their universe so so yeah that's kind of cool okay Rude, what about you what are you thinking how are you feeling about nick fury's return the clock's also <laughs> on for you because i know that maybe you have some strong feelings about this show i do um <laughs> i gotta be honest i'm not feeling it like i do like the concept that nick fury isn't you know three steps ahead like he always is i just don't really feel anything because the last time that we saw Nick Fury do something for real was in Age of Ultron and so we don't even know anything of what he was doing between like 2015 and 2018 in the MCU and so then now to be thrown into him post blip I'm just kind of like I didn't even get to see you pre blip so it's just it it just feels off to me and it's not really engaging me all right and anthony flag hey buddy how you doing hey, it's been a while since huh? i've seen you on here you I and know, i together I yeah i know it's always good when we link up um <laughs> as far as nick fury returning i'm glad we're getting him for a little bit before he shows up in the marvels um since he's kind of been missing for a bit so yeah, i guess this is a good primer until we get to that movie towards the end of the year that's about all i got yeah, this is the year of Nick Fury. I'm so excited. Uh, anything you want to put Samuel L. Jackson in, I'm down for, especially mm-hmm. when it's Marvel related. So I'm excited that we have this back. This is also one of my most anticipated projects so far. And from what I know, it's going to probably stay that way. I'm not going to say much. I'm not going to pull an Alex Perez in this podcast. Um, why, why you got to throw me under the bus? <laughs> it's, all, it's all because no, we I love agree. you. 
I know. And I and there was a, a line Uday said earlier, which is like uh, about uh, how we don't know what he's been up to since like 2015. Reminder for people that don't remember, uh, Nick Fury has been off world since 2014, I believe, when the Winter Soldier came out. Because at the end of Winter Soldier, that's when we know that he switched with Talos to become like Skrull and whatnot. But uh, I know for a fact that that question is going to be answered because they're going to fill in the gaps of what Nick Fury has been up to, not just on that point, but essentially every point that he's been active. So between, for example, between Captain Marvel and Iron Man, between the Iron Man events and the Avengers, after the Avengers, all of that. And and it's going to start next episode, from what I understand. So it's going to be cool. Okay. I that means that we're getting some answers really quickly. Um and I can't wait to hear those. So about this first episode, yes. um what did we like about it? And Uday, because I know your list is maybe a little bit longer, what you didn't like. I want to start with you and tell me, tell me what you liked about this. Give me the positives. I do like the street level corner of the MCU the best. Pre um pre-phase four, I was always very much cosmic. I didn't really care that much about street level spy stuff. I just wanted the space stuff. And that's really changed recently because I feel like the street level spy stuff in phase four was like the best of the phase and the magic, of course, because I'm still a wand to stand. Um, But I do like going back to these characters. You know, I like having Nick Fury and Maria Hill and now Talos is kind of in the crew. Um, This is like everything that I wanted from a Marvel project. I'm just not really loving the execution so far. But I guess, yeah, the smaller scale of it is definitely my favorite part. Before we move on real quick, listeners, I'm sorry if I had to do this earlier. Spoiler warning in case we get into something that's going to be spoilers. So, um, Anthony, what did you like about this project? I mean, the first episode. First episode, uh, there was actually a few things. Uh, one, I like that they introduced a bunch of characters right from the get-go. You got Sonya, Gravik, and Gaia. Just all in, all in one, you got to meet them. Mm-hmm. I really hate how MCU sometimes takes a while to introduce your villain two-thirds away in the show or whatever. We just know from the get-go. And then the other thing I really enjoyed was seeing all the little spy things, like the little contact thing that uh, Nick Fury was using and how they were chasing, you know, I'm, I like James Bond movies a lot. So it just felt like James Bond movie condensed into an hour. And, you know, the, someone dies, of course, and it just happened to be Maria. So for, for the spy action direction they were shooting for, they did pretty well. So I enjoyed that. You know, growing up, I always wanted to be a spy. I had way too much spy stuff in my house. I, so like this is feeding that like nostalgic you just wanting to, to grow up to be a spy. Um, as for the villain, I think it's very interesting that I think this is maybe one of our most sympathetic villains we've had because you look at him and while he's doing bad things, he maybe isn't, doesn't feel so bad when you think about how angry people get when they've lost everything. And so as a psychologist, that I, that really stuck out to me um, off of what you just said, Anthony. And Alex, then being abandoned and forgotten too because Gravik made it oh, a yeah. point that's like, well, y'all were kind of, y'all came back after the snap, but then kind of forgot about mm-hmm. us again, so. Right. Abandonment Issues 101. Alex, what did you like about mm-hmm. it? I, I, I'm probably in the minority of the people that actually liked how Secret Invasion's playing out. 
the thing is I'm a little bit biased because I grew up with the comic. So regardless of what it is, to me, scrolls were always like my favorite villains growing up because that was like the first comic series I read completely. And then I read Civil War because it was the one that came like before and all that stuff and Dark Reign and blah, blah, blah. But um, the, to me, what I like most is that the show feels very high stakes here because immediately from the get-go, you already have the this idea that Everett Ross is not who he is, is a scroll, And then by the end, you literally kill off one of the first characters from phase one. You kill Maria Hill off the bat in the first episode when people thought she was going to be in this longer. And that shows you this show will change the face of the MCU because of the high stakes it's presenting. And I know that a lot of people are like, oh, but it's not, you know, like, oh, they just killed her off the bat. What are they doing? And people hate it and, and whatnot. But I, I feel like the, sh the point with Maria Hill was to make people realize anyone can die at any moment in this series. Any person cannot be who they say they are. They'll probably, they're probably a scroll and people will not know. And that's what I love the most about this series is the fact that you cannot trust anyone. Not, you can't believe your own eyes when watching this show. So off of that, then I have a question for you, Alex, because I also read the series, though I didn't read it until I was an adult. It's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Growing up with this story and then learning that the director was, you know, the director or the writer, correct me if I'm wrong, one of them was told that they were not supposed to read the comic when they were developing the I series. Believe, I believe it was the director. I believe it was the director. Does, I, know what you're, I know what you're referring to, though. Like, how does that make you feel, though? Because, like, this is one of your favorites and all of a sudden there's no, you know, they told them not to look at the source material. The thing is, if you look at the source material, you're not going to get an exact thing. Because mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people looked at Secret Invasion, and this is nowhere near this massive, because the point of Secret Invasion is that half of the Marvel Universe is a scroll. Not only that, but like the, the people that are involved in, in the Secret Invasion storyline just quick summary, half of these heroes go to the Savage Land and they face off against like their former selves and no one knows who's who. And then you have this incredibly massive battle in the middle of New York with superpowered scrolls and like their hero counterparts. And there is no way that they were gonna make that into a series, you know? Mm -hmm. So on, in a part, I understand why they didn't want them to read the series. But in another part, I find it difficult to believe because there has like because they're in, they're basically inserting the number one premise of Secret Invasion, which was that the Secret Invasion in and it of itself was scrolls inserting themselves in positions of power across the globe. And I'm talking, you know, there was a there's a panel where like the scrolls announced that they're invading Earth after revealing that they've been there for years living amongst them and it was just a screen with like tony stark magneto dr doom barack obama uh oprah stephen colbert i remember the panel by heart and it had all of these influential people from media people from the comics presenting themselves as though like hey we've been living amongst you in these incredibly in these huge positions of power 
Like, hell, the Pope. It was the Pope was a scroll, you know, and that's what they're doing here. And I find it hard to believe that, like, I know people are like, oh, but he didn't read the comic. I'm like, that doesn't matter because he's still applying the base, the very basic premise, which is that scrolls invaded Earth and have taken over in positions of power and have been doing so for years. And when I'm talking years, I'm talking freaking phase one, right? Since phase one, there was already a scroll in, in power and people don't know it yet. And I'm not going to spoil who it is. <laughs> so let me ask you this then, Uday, uh, Anthony. How do you feel about maybe them not having these people that are making this series read the comic series? Does that feel kind of an odd choice? I'm just going to say if episode one opened with Oprah Winfrey becoming a scroll instead <laughs> of Everett Ross, this this show would have gotten immediate 10 out of 10 for me. Um, honestly... I'm going to say something very controversial. I have never read a comic book in my life that is not an Archie comic. So I don't really care that much about comic (laughs) accuracy. Like, I mean, I'm not a Marvel Comics fan. I'm an MCU fan. And I do think it's weird that they told the director to, like, disregard the comic series. I don't really agree with that. I think you're adapting the source material. You should know the source material. And as a Percy Jackson fan, I know what happens when you don't read the source material when you started. Let's not talk about those movies. Let's not talk about those movies. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) So I think it's odd, but then I do agree with what Alex said that, I mean, they are just taking the base concept of it Mm -hmm. and, and they're applying it to a completely different thing. Like the MCU secret invasion is nothing like the comic event, apart from the fact that people are scrolls, as Alex said, like people in positions of power. So I don't think it's the biggest deal, but I also don't think that they should have encouraged him avoiding the comic. There's also, I want to jump in really quick because there's a, there's layers to this about like, uh, about how this process works in terms of writing, in terms of, uh, in terms of how these stories go. And the main reason why they asked these people not to read the source material is because Marvel's own team, like, already knows what they want to adapt from that story. Like there are people, dozens of people who will dedicate their time and their lives to write essentially what is the entire timeline of not just the project, but essentially the entire phase. And and in order for it to be cohesive, they're like, okay, so we're going to take, we're going to take this as source material. We're going to take this from source material. But at the same time, they want to tell their own story. They don't want to retell a story from the comics because it's not going to fit into what they want to present to an audience. Uh, and it's not going to fit into their overall story, which is why normally they'll like, there's a screenwriter and there's, there's a scriptwriter, but there's also people involved within Marvel's own team, own team that's going to be like, all right, so here's some notes. We want to apply this. Don't do this and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I think that it's interesting that they specifically told them not to. I think that like familiarity is both a good and a bad thing, because if you're too familiar with it, then you're just adapting one for one and then it doesn't get to be its own thing. But um, okay, sorry for that quick aside. Anthony, I want to start with this question for you. So while we seem to like parts of this series or this episode, um, what didn't you like about it? Is there anything that stuck out to you about this first episode that you just feel didn't work? It's funny because I'm getting deja vu to another time. 
And that's when we did, I think, the Book of Boba Fett, where we didn't get any sort of recap leading into this show, which you don't need it. You can watch Legends, sure, if you want. But like walking into this show, you're like, well, whoa, there's this connectedness. Like what happened beforehand? And I understand you don't get them for all, obviously, not Moon Knight or Miss Marvel because it was introduction. But like we know Fury would have been nice to have something in advance knowing what we're going into and um guy uh, i know it's weird to say i have nothing against her i just i'm just so confused with her alliances and everything like her hesitation towards her dad kind of felt weird when she was running away with the bombs so that, that's about it i have so much to say about her uh, a few questions down that i'm going to hold off but i 100 percent agree that they need they need a recap i feel like video games need to do this too where it's like you haven't played in like three months so like Catch me up again. Tell me what the controls are. Tell me what happened in the story so I could jump back in because it's like feeling a little bit like you lose your memory. Um, Uday, what didn't you like about this? So I feel like there was a lot of telling and not showing, which is a big problem of mine with like, like some things in Marvel. It's just so much telling and not enough showing. And I know that Alex said that we'll kind of learn what Fury's been up to later. And that's great, but I thought that this was a very weak start for the series because, again, we're just, like, told that in the 30 years since Captain Marvel, like, Carol and Fury didn't find them a home. First of all, that seems really weird. I do think it makes Gravik very sympathetic, but I also think it's really strange that, like, Carol seems to have done nothing in the last 30 years. Like, she didn't stop the Kree-Skrull War, or did she? I can't tell if it's still going on in the Marvels. She didn't find the Skrulls a home. She wasn't at home with her family, like Maria and Monica. So I feel like it's just making the Captain Marvel corner of the universe a little bit even more convoluted than it already was. I feel like we really needed a flashback to show what Fury or Talos or both of them have been up to. And again, and like my problem is that it just feels really disengaging. Like I love all of these characters, but I'm not really feeling anything for them in this show because it's been so long since they've done anything of note both Hill and Fury haven't actually been in an MCU movie with a speaking part and not being an alien since 2015. And, or I mean, well, Fury flashback in Captain Marvel, of course. But I just think it's, I think it's really strange how disconnected and disengaging everything feels when it's characters that we've known and loved for so long. And I even felt that in the opening. Like, I don't care that Ross is a Skrull. He was acting super shifty, so it was immediately obvious. And then also like when was he replaced like that scroll was not acting like the ross we know at all so was he replaced after wakanda forever and if he was replaced after wakanda forever why do i care that a random scroll took the face of martin freeman for like a two-minute opening like it's it's not shocking <laughs> it's not destabilizing it's not like oh my god anyone could be a scroll so i don't know it's just for, for me it's it's just not really connecting yet but i'm hoping that it's going to get really like a lot better in the middle and towards the end because the writing is so sloppy at the beginning. I hope they're rushing the beginning to get to something really, really good by the end. I, I will say this, that when I watched Wakanda Forever in theaters, it stuck out to me instantaneously that he didn't react enough around his ex-wife for him to be the real him. And it, it stuck out to me in that moment so much so. But then again, I'm a, I'm a couples counselor for most of my days. So like, getting to see the, the heatedness between families of divorced kids, you know, it just didn't seem right to begin with. 
Um, so I think that it was before Wakanda Forever, but I could be completely wrong. Um, I want to. That makes me wonder if Val was... would have noticed. She would have noticed as well and be familiar with scrolls, right? I don't know. Sorry. I want to elaborate. I, uh, that's all right. I want to elaborate because literally the, we're talking about two things which literally correlate to each other, which is going back to Brian's original question about what I didn't like about this show. I don't like how fast paced it was at the beginning. Like it opens with Ross answering a phone call in the middle of nowhere. Like, why is Ross here? You know, why, why was Ross here? What was the point of bringing Ross to the middle of Russia when the last time we saw him, he was like saved by freaking uh, Okoye. And I'm like, how did he get here? And the thing is, I know that they're, they filmed more stuff with him and it's hard for me to understand why it started here out of all things. And I don't think they're going to, the thing is, I don't think they're going to even show how he got there to begin with because it's a scroll. But to kind of answer the question about like Ross being a scroll or not, uh, Ross being a scroll in Secret Invasion was probably one of the oldest leaks I've ever had that I've tried to keep secret to myself, but Brian knows about this. I feel like we've known we've known this for even before Wakanda Forever, we kind of knew mm-hmm. that Ross mm-hmm. was going to be a scroll. And and I was trying to pinpoint at what point he kind he was kind of switched because we've had very few moments with him on screen. You know, there was Civil War, then there was Black Panther, then there was Wakanda Forever, and you know, now there's now there's this. But um you know, the one thing that I would consider that kind of like, to me, it had to be at some point before Wakanda Forever, because I mentioned this on Twitter and I got a lot of heat for it because I, I phrased it wrong because, uh, and I didn't mean to say it like that. So if any if any women are listening or ex-wives are listening, well, I didn't mean by by that comment, but what I meant to say was that he was just indifferent when Val showed up like he didn't like Brian said he was indifferent you know and like there's a thing with like being a business relationship but if you like if you don't know first and foremost he didn't know that Val was going to show up on the bridge and when she when he when she shows up he's just like oh uh and he keeps saying director de Fontaine he doesn't say Val he keeps saying director de Fontaine it's like he like she even got like uncomfortable by him saying that and there was and there's even moments like when he's about to be arrested, he's like not like if you're trying to escape being arrested, you would like make a point of like, oh, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to appeal to their nature, you know, not be like the Wakandans saved my life, you know. And it's it was weird because like his his acting in Wakanda forever was not as natural to me. As if, as if it would have been in like Black Panther or Civil War. Maybe I'm overlooking into it, but I, for me, it had to be, he had to be a scroll before Wakanda forever, just because it was way different in his, in his mannerisms. So honestly, I think that's really interesting because I didn't think anything of his relationship with Val in Wakanda forever. And I've, and I've seen Wakanda forever a lot, but to me, like <laughs> him calling her director, it's like, it's kind of that 
over formality because you used to have a very exactly. personal relationship, but now you have a business relationship. So I'm not reading into it because like, I think he's a Skrull. But then the other thing is I feel like we're overestimating Marvel's ability sometimes because I think about how Kobe Smulders didn't even know that she was a Skrull throughout all of Far From Home. And so I'm like, did they really tell Martin Freeman, hey, you're going to be a scroll in Secret Invasion for like two minutes. So be sure to act like a little bit weird in Wakanda forever. Um, I don't know. And, no, no, absolutely and- <laughs> not. Absolutely not. They didn't tell him at all. He, li- they, he literally was just like, nah. That, that, but I'm pretty sure that, I don't know, the wording to me was weird. It was just like the way it was, it was done. It was very awkward. You know, it it was awkward. And now there's like this new technology, right? Where scrolls normally couldn't sim recent memories. Now they have to go in even deeper and they're like showing like, oh, we'll hijack their memories. And now we can now know now they can be differentiated. And I'm like, that kind of sucks. Because like the original concepts like, oh, they can't really see eye to eye because of their memories. So I don't know how long this invasion has been going on and this like inhabiting stuff so again i could be wrong but i just i don't know because it it would seem weird to replace agent ross when he's a wanted fugitive and be like you know what i'm going to pretend to a scroll come in and be like i'm going to pretend to be a cia agent like i will say this i know where he is because if he if he showed up and if he showed up in secret invasion and he's a scroll I'm pretty sure I know where he is in in the show, and he might be brought back, but uh, but I don't know how much I can say about that. So we're just gonna leave it there. Hopefully, they'll answer the question, you know, of how long he's been a scroll, but but I don't know how to answer that without it being a theory. So the okay. last thing I want to say about Ross really quick is just. After the first episode, I'm worried that the show is just too focused on who is a scroll and like not going any deeper than that. Because for me, it's not is Ross a scroll? Is Ross a scroll? It's like why do I care that Ross is a scroll? Like Alex said, if he's just in the middle of Russia, which doesn't really line up with where we left him in Wakanda Forever, and then he just dies and is a scroll, like why do I care? Like I would care if say he didn't help them in Wakanda forever. And then at the end of Wakanda forever, it was revealed that he was a scroll because that would like impact the other characters that we know and love. But a character like Ross on his own hasn't got enough time, like hasn't had enough screen time for me to be like, Oh no, he's a scroll. Like, Oh, my, my favorite agent, like, what am I going to do now? You know? So I just, I thought that that reveal was really weird. I loved it. I know I, I love I loved your reaction because that's literally the exact same thing I said. The one thing I thought was like, oh, they're gonna adapt this part from the comic where scrolls don't remember because that's the thing. The scroll there were scrolls in the comics in Secret Invasion that inhabited their humans so so well that they mm-hmm. forgot they were scrolls and that so they were so so good at being sleeper agents that they thought they were human until it was revealed to them and they had an incredibly long crisis to the point where some of them killed all some of them died because of the crisis they were having so i thought that was the point with ross and with some of these but apparently the show at the fir- at the beginning just says no they they all know and i'm just like well damn they they kind of lost an opportunity there but all right but also think about it this way too it would be very interesting to have 
the only agent that maybe is still on the side of the Wakandans now after everything that happened turn out that he's been a scroll this whole time and doesn't remember, nor does he have an affiliation with the Wakandans, and nobody's backing them anymore from the US government. That would but be Ross a pretty isn't, but he's not backing them anymore anyway because he got arrested for treason. So they already don't have anyone in the US government. Yeah, no, that's the thing <laughs> they're gonna talk about. No, they don't. That's that's a that's a topic for Captain America Ford to tackle, but we're not gonna get into that right now. <laughs> Let's keep going. Okay. Back to secret <laughs> invasions. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of new faces. I know, Anthony, you mentioned a few of them. Which one is your favorite? And why is it Sonia? Because Olivia How Coleman did you is... know? How did you know? <laughs> Olivia Coleman know? is a goddess and she deserves to be in everything. No, it's funny because I know her from that Michelin Web show from like 20 years ago. It was a comedy show and it's just so weird. Remember seeing her in that or no peep show. Either way, an old comedy show from England. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so weird seeing her do like super serious stuff. She's really good at it. And I knew she was going to be an instant favorite. You know, anybody in the MI6 is always really cool, especially if it's a woman. M from James Bond, you know, mm -hmm. uh, was always one of my favorite characters ever. Dame Judi Dench. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact that, she, uh, you know, Olivia Coleman wanted so bad to be in the MCU, I feel like she is selling this part so hard to make it work um but it's funny that you said you started with the comedy show because i saw her first as an alien doctor who and then i saw her in Broadchurch. Oh, i've yes. seen her both i saw her in both yeah she was a uh, uh, uh prisoner spider. 66 prisoner 66 well, i'm gonna first episode i remember because uh... I, I remember i all i remember from that episode where she was in it was just like matt smith going who the man and then her side like her head cocking to the side with this like stern look like really bitch <laughs> yeah but yeah i agree with both of you she's literally my favorite and and i love her and bless her heart and yes to everything olivia coleman does how about well, you uh, Jay? i first saw her in the crown so i'm kind of like queen elizabeth yes. what the hell are you doing um, <laughs> because that's she fair has she has the same deliveries because because she's still you know doing her regular she's british right so she's doing her regular she british is. accent but her yes. voice is just so distinctive that i'm like like literally like queen elizabeth like why are you here um but yeah i do really like her i will say so i didn't love being dropped into the middle of certain things with no explanation and secret invasion but she's not one of those things because i feel like we can really feel the history she has with fury and so i'm totally okay just being dropped into like the middle of their like reunion and then as the show goes on like we'll find out more about their history i'm really looking forward to that i also i really just love all the little spy stuff that's being built out especially with characters like sonia or val who are kind of like fury's contemporaries because we never got to see any of them in like phase one right like fury was the only guy running around in the shadows and i think it's cool that now we've got Sonia and Val that have also been running around in the shadows. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what they do with her. I also like am... Widow to run around in the shadows. Yeah, but I sorry, Rachel I meant more Weiss. as just like Rachel Weiss. <laughs> I meant more as like high level, where uh, yeah, yeah, like like the leaders kind of that aren't doing the dirty work. But yes, right. I, I love Natasha as well. But the other character I'm determined to like is Gaia, because I do like Amelia Clark, even though I don't really think I've seen her in anything. She just seems like a nice person. Um, and 
and I liked yeah. Talos's daughter, you know, in the brief scenes in Captain Marvel. So I'm not, again, I'm not really feeling her in the first episode, but I'm determined to like her. So I hope that it only goes uphill from here. I know, you know that Sonya is like in all six episodes, but that's because of the, because Disney like released some pictures and they said Sonya Falsworth in episode six. So I'm just happy that she's, she's making it all the way through. And it's like, yes, give me all of the Olivia Coleman. <laughs> if she doesn't start uh, the Brit- the Britain corpse, I'm going to be mad, but um, I also, I, I would, Give me just give me any reason to keep Olivia Olivia Coleman in the MCU. Like I I need this woman in something more because she is she would just nail everything. And you know from the interview that she's like really hyped to just be in the MCU for anything. And I'm just like you know what? Give her more. I need her in more. I would would you imagine her having like an M type role in in the MCU with like a Captain Britain project? That would be the most insane thing. Like, make a James Bond project based on Captain Britain with uh, Sonya as the equivalent of them. Done. I just wrote part of the MCU for you. <laughs> and speaking of Captain Britain, like, she seems to have this rivalry with Fury, right? Where they're trying to one-up each other. So I'm wondering, after yes. he found Captain America in ice, if she was like, damn, I got to get me one of those. Yeah. <laughs> She she had a midlife crisis too. I wonder what she got, you know, because he got the Avengers, like he said, right. But I also liked Gaia. And going back, Anthony, to what you were saying about not feeling that scene in the the stairwell, that is my favorite scene of the entire episode because no, she captured the emotions of hating your father but still loving him so well that I and just like the the fact that she hesitated grabbing the next rung, and I was just like, I'm done. This is it. Like she nailed that. And I see this day in and day out with children all the time in my in my job. So like the fact that she nailed that in just that one scene, I can't wait to see more of it. And the way that she came back to like then warn them that this is happening because she felt bad, but she still doesn't want to give up the fact that she's still mad at him. Amelia Clark, you deserve a word. I, I, I wanna I wanna add that my favorite scene from the move from like this episode was when she when like Talos tells her that her mom died and she oh. was just having like this moment and she she like she was having that moment and she's like she leaves him he goes up the stairs and just kind of like takes a moment to just like mm-hmm. sit down and like cry but then at the same time she's like she immediately like she cries lets it out and then just leaves and I'm like that is so accurate to someone who is going through like the middle of a situation, especially in a high tense situation, like a robbery or like going through war and just like you're there and you're like, you just learn that you lost someone you love mm-hmm. and you're just like, you have to take a time out, but you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. And like, and I love that. I, I was like, damn, but she did really well with that. If you haven't seen her in last Christmas or me before you, that girl can sell anything, so I'm totally or Game of it. Thrones, though. Or Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is, thing, thing with Game of Thrones is like barely any emotion until you know the mm-hmm. disastrous season. <laughs> Stop <laughs> talking about that. Uh, so let's talk about Maria Hill's death. This this episode ended with the cliff hanger of cliffhangers where a scroll Nick Fury shot her point blank 
and she bled out. Was this necessary and why did it hurt so much? Uday, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I think it's interesting that you said it hurts so much because once again, I was like, I feel bad that Maria Hill died, but it just feels more wasteful and disappointing than sad because she's been a cool supporting character. And I don't think the MCU has enough like small supporting characters that pop up in a bunch of projects, you know, like that agent guy that's in No Way Home and Miss Marvel. Those are the kinds of characters I feel like I've been missing in phases three and four. And Maria Hill was like the ultimate version of that character. Like I would have loved if Maria Hill was in Civil War. But because again, it's been so long since we've seen her. And then she just kind of gets to stand around being upset with Fury. She did get like a cool, a couple cool spy moments. Like I liked her chasing down Gaia. But again, it just, it feels like a waste. It feels like they could have done more with Maria Hill and Secret Invasion was like the perfect spotlight for a character like that. And instead they just kill her. And so I, I agree that it kind of raises the stakes, I guess, but it's like, they don't have anyone else that expendable left to kill. They killed like a Ross Skrull. They killed Maria Hill. The only other character I could like see being killed is maybe Talos to go for the jugular in like episode six. But other than that, it's like no one else could die. So like what stakes are we raising here? No one's even left to be revealed as a Skrull besides like Fury, which would be repetitive or Rhodey, which I know is everyone's like most popular fan theory. Okay. Alex. Was it, what are your thoughts on Maria Hill's death? You can't ask me that question. All right, uh, Anthony. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, certain questions I cannot answer without building into spoilers. So Anthony, you're going to have to take over for me, bud. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. No, it, it felt like just the last minute ending to make everybody go wide-eyed at three in the morning more than actually mm -hmm. like hey shit's going down so yeah it really didn't even hit that strongly emotionally i'm just like oh damn she's dead i i have to say okay. that i knew about <laughs> i knew about this for weeks now and i still was eating like eating my dinner and i was just like my 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 spoon dropped because my nephew just like turned and looked at me and he was like did you know about this and i was like listen i can either confirm or deny and he was so upset but i think that the power of this was kind of speaking to what you said uday is that he's watched he's power watched these in the last two years you know he's watched all of the marvel movies and all the tv shows so like for him it's like all happening now it didn't come out in chunks as we were like when it mattered 11 years ago in, in avengers mm -hmm. you know it's like i've been watching maria hills for 10 years now Right. And like, when she dies, I didn't feel anything. That's not good. Right. And like would have hurt more if like in Civil War she was in it and she got stabbed, you know, like and then you would have been like, oh shit, you know, like that would have hurt. Exactly. And honestly, I think what bothers me about her death is that it feels exactly like another fridging. Like her death doesn't like make us care emotionally about her. Mm -hmm. Her death makes us care about Fury, where it's like, oh no, Fury lost another one of like the people he loved. And I'm like, that sucks for him, but it feels like they just fridged Maria Hill in the exact same way that they fridged uh, awesome. Natasha and Gamora. And so now I'm kind of like, congratulations, Marvel, you've killed off three of like your four original women. If like, so the only one left is Pepper Potts. So I guess she's going to get fridged in Armor Wars now to make Rhodey cry. I mean, Gamora did come back. 
So yeah. like, in, in a world with a multiverse. Do you know what's really weird about this? No, no, hold on. Going back to the whole like Natasha, Gamora, and Hill thing. Do you notice how they all died with the same camera shot? The overhead zoom out shot of their dead bodies, like Marvel. Oh yeah, I can't wait for the. I can't wait for the Twitter like (laughs) Photoshop people. I saw because people at Photoshop like Gamora and Natasha like lying there like with their like dead bodies like at the bottom of Boromir. I can't wait for someone to add uh Maria Hill to that to that to Boromir as well. <laughs> yeah, because they're totally gonna do it's that. Like, it's seriously it's like the third time they do it in the exact same format too. It's like damn like, what, what was the point? At least this but... time she got shot and she didn't get like pushed off a building, right? <laughs> damn. Oof. That's true. Um, okay, so then looking forward to um I, I think we're gonna start we're gonna end the story part with a fun question. Who do we believe from the entire MCU is the scroll? And extra points if you can tell me when they were switched out. Like I'm talking anywhere in the MCU. It does not have to be in this show. I want to know your craziest fan theory and why. Who wants to go first? I you're all looking a little starry-eyed here. <laughs> Okay. Go ahead. I the problem is that there's again, like I said, there's not a lot of characters left to be scrolls with like two of the agents dead, and then like Talos already being a scroll. Um, so Talos is a scroll, hundred percent. I was gonna say, what if Talos (laughs) is another scroll? What if Talos is an evil scroll and the real Talos scroll is back at the compound? Um, but no, I feel impersonate another scroll. Scroll section. Can, can, can turn into know. anything, man. Yeah, I can confirm you. I can tell you. I can confirm you with certainty. They can. That's the okay. thing, and they do it too. So yes, okay. They, they can know. turn into other scrolls. Okay. Um, but yeah, I th- I know that like Rody being a scroll is a popular fan theory. That would make me sad because I do like Rody. Um, but I think it would be really juicy if he had been a, a scroll since like Civil War. Like I feel like if Marvel did something like that, that would be like truly destabilizing. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it would kind of ruin the previous movies because then it's like, oh, the roadie that bought an endgame was just some rando alien. So I don't know. Honestly, I've kind of lost my enthusiasm for the whole who's a scroll thing because I just I feel like there's no one left to play the game with. You, you, I'm saying in the entire MCU, you're telling me there's not one character in any of these sorry, shows. Sorry. Or- I forgot, I forgot it was the entire MCU. I thought it was just the I thought it was just the show. So scratch <laughs> no. that. Um, I need another minute. <laughs> okay, okay. Right. Um, go, Anthony. Do you have one? Do you have one? You, I have one, kind of. But do you have one, Brian, or no? I was thinking would be very interesting is if you found out someone like Hawkeye, like someone that's like been there and just like been like a champion this entire time, ends up being like a super scroll, not super scroll, but like a super secret agent scroll, just like hiding there. Like I think that would hurt really bad. And I think I would be like almost pissed off. Um, or if you found out like some someone like Daredevil, but I feel like at the same time, his impact in the MCU hasn't really been there quite so long yet. So like, I feel like that wouldn't have the impact, but like one of like the major six, Thor, you know, like they would just feel like a fucking, oops, sorry. Like a, like a gut punch <laughs> to, the, to the stomach. <laughs> I was just I've about got- to say that I, I was like, I was just arriving at Hawkeye myself because He's the perfect character where it's like, yeah, I would be angry and upset, 
but not super angry and upset. So I feel like like I don't I don't feel like it would retroactively ruin movies if Hawkeye had been a scroll the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um so honestly, yeah, I would also go with Hawkeye. I have one finally. Well, I have two. The second one, not so much, but the first one, Pepper, Pepper Potts. Oh, that would really mess with things if she's been a scroll for a long time. Because she's been around since phase one. And then my second one, but this is just a wild one, is uh, Justin Hammer. Oh, okay. Wait, on Which the fit- Pepper topic. Pepper had also come to me because I just mentioned her. Um, but I feel like if if a scroll had replaced her when she and Tony were broken up. Oh, that also like means that if, her ki- kid is a half scroll. Okay, that's too complicated then. <laughs> Alex, um, do you have a crazy theory here? How about you give us two? One's okay. real and one isn't, and no one, no one will know until oh, they know. Oh, <laughs> how, oh, you can't do that to me. I know you can't do that because I, I, I know, I know the answers, and that's that's the shitty mm-hmm. part because I can't really, I can't, I can't tell you my theories if I know the answer. I'm gonna so give us three then, that, and then give us a theory. Uh, on one. <laughs> just kidding. Just yeah, kidding. I like that. Or give us uh, ten so that there's a lot of options. Ten, ten. I can easily give you ten. All right, Scarlet Witch. I'm gonna say this. No, hell no, hell no. They can't replicate the powers. Here's, I was gonna say Wong. No, because you cannot have superpowers. The but I thought but me, anyone can learn magic. True. Maybe, yeah. I'm on the wall scroll the train. That would really. That. All right, Alex, hit us. All right, hit so us. Here's the thing. So, me being a fan, I would immediately target people who are in positions of power, not no superheroes, because you can't replicate powers yet. You can't replicate mm-hmm. powers yet. They they will. I know there's super scrolls, and we've already seen the trailer and kind of how it works, but you can't there's there's only a limited amount and i know that there there no hero that has superpowers so you could do ant-man since he's a suit and he doesn't have powers that's a possibility but here's the other thing they're going to target people that are in positions of power i'm talking about people who are in the government people who are in in position so for example you've got you got ross you got ross you got whoever the president of the United States is. You got uh, you got Valentina. You got Ross. You got uh, who else? Um, uh, you got this is one of my favorite. I don't know if this one's one. Uh, Sharon Carter, a hundred percent. Like I'm thinking she could be one because like her acting again. That not mm-hmm. again. We don't we don't even know if they knew. But like the way she immediately drastically changed her character in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like she was up to some shady shit, you know. What about King? Like she could be a scroll. Yeah, a lot of people. I would say people who are in positions of power within the military and government are the okay. main suspects. So, so people like Rhodey, you know, that's why it's a popular fan theory because like, oh, Rhodey's in in this spot and he's in the show. Like, oh my god, imagine if Rhodey was like a scroll. That'd be shocking anyways uh you know there's also like people that are in positions i just think maybe the royal family in Wakanda or something generals they're gonna make don't Uh, think they're gonna that royal family has been through enough for the love of god leave them alone (laughs) (laughs) you know i i had i had a 
because uh, I had a theory about it and I thought about this would be a good way to kind of like reverse deaths because that's kind of what they did in the comics. There were characters that were dead for the longest time and then they were brought back because the person that died was a scroll. It happened with Electra. And it, but that person, like Electra was alive, but the Electra that died was a scroll. And I mm -hmm. thought about like, if Marvel really wanted to bring a character that's dead, let's say Steve Rogers, let's say Tony Stark, this would be the way to do it without it seeming like something that kind of like, uh, that would kind of like diminish what happened in Endgame, but at the same time, I feel like it would because you have that like, oh, the Tony Stark that we've known for the longest time and then suddenly died and then suddenly it's revealed that he's a scroll. It's like, what the fuck? You know, it's weird. And you also have the same situation with Pepper Potts. It's like, how do you father a child? <laughs> but, um, but, you know, if Marvel has... If Marvel has any opportunity to make someone a scroll, it's one of these three people. It'll be someone that's in a position of power in the government. It has to be someone that does not have superpowers. And third and foremost, it's someone that whose character would have to have been not necessarily dead, but it's a character that people have not liked in the past and decided, you know what? let's change it up let's say that this person has been a scroll to make the story interesting because the the fan appeal for this character just is either non-existent or people don't care enough you know so that's kind of like what i would think marvel would do to determine who's a scroll in this show but yeah i think it's i think it's hard to go back and say that people have been a scroll since like phase one because i do feel like it would kind of retroactively ruin things where you know, those interactions never happened. I was thinking about with Hawkeye. Like, I feel like the worst thing about Hawkeye is that it would ruin his relationship with Natasha. But at least Natasha's not around anymore. So she can't, like, be hurt by it. <laughs> um, and and I don't know I... happily because I love her. But I don't know. It's I, I feel like it would have to be a recent, like, replacement if it was a character we know and love so that it doesn't damage the older canon too much. But honestly, after listening to Alex... I really want Val to be a scroll. I feel like Val is the perfect scroll option because a lot of people don't like her. I'm not one of them. I love her, but a lot of people don't like her. So I think it would make her much more interesting to those people that like don't find her interesting now. And she is in a position of power. And I just think it would be really cool if she was like, cause she's clearly assembling her own team of superheroes. I think it'd be really interesting if she was assembling this team graphic figures out how to make super scrolls and then val replaces the human members of her team with the super scrolls so that now they have like a scroll avengers team that will do whatever she wants you know what you do you know what you just reminded me of right now you literally just reminded me of someone i know is a scroll and it's such a minor character because we don't even know this character's name but this character only appeared once and it, and this character's a scroll and i'm like do you really expect people to remember what this person was doing and just be like, oh, surprise, it's a scroll. I feel like I know who you're talking we, we about. We don't even know. You, you have no idea. I guarantee it, you, you is, have is no idea. Is it that weird, like, pasty guy from Age of Ultron who, like, yelled out when the Ultron bot was coming in and Maria Hill's, like, No, it? no, it's not, it's not, it's not him. 
I, I know I sound like, like, I know I sound probably like some freaking uh, conspiracy theorist, but listen to me, it's the government because it's not only what happens in the comics, it's what's going to happen in the show. But there's, uh, I, I, I keep making faces to like how Udi keeps saying about like, oh, they, it, this character, they can't be scrolls since phase one. And I keep making these faces because I'm like, Lord, come troll my tongue. Like, I need <laughs> you to rein it back. I, I need just, you I to f- rein my tongue. because I feel like there's no way to execute it well. I'm sure that they're going to do it, but I'm just really worried about it. Be worried about it. Okay. You were right to be worried about it because I got worried about I got worried about it too. But anyways, Brian, move on. <laughs> I, th- move I think on, that please. we're, we're going to skip a few questions just because we're running short on time. I think that this great conversation leads to to possibly the best segue for this question. How, what do we think the story is going, and how do we think it's fundamentally going to change the MCU as we know it? which is a huge one. And Alex has to formulate his, his answer first to make sure he doesn't spoil anything. So we're going to go with him last. Um, yeah. Anthony, where do you think this story's going? Where do you think it's going to end? Is there going to be more deaths? I don't know. Do you? I, I'm sure someone else is going to die. I mean, this too, this is obviously really high stakes. It's just not so global that it's, you know, known to everybody in that universe uh it's gonna change everything i mean uh, i'm thinking back to the fact that the captain america for title changed names from new world order to brave new world and from what we've heard and known it's going to be about governments kind of duking it out so how weird is it going to be watching all these governments duke it out when you can't even trust any of them because who knows who is running what and they could all be conspiring behind this all together. So pretty interesting because this is clearly going to set up a lot more later on. Yeah, I feel like okay. Secret Invasion is setting up the movies I'm most excited for, like in the new phase. Because um, I feel like it's doing a lot of legwork for yeah, Captain America, Brave New World, and obviously Thunderbolts because those two movies seem to be pretty connected. Um, but then even Armor Wars, like, I feel like I'm one of the only Armor Wars, like, stands out there because, like, no one talks about it because Marvel doesn't talk about it at all. But I we feel recently like... only just got info on it. So, again, it's like it's happening, but it's like very, very snail steps. <laughs> yeah. And it's annoying me that it's going so slow because I'm like, I, f- I feel like Armor Wars would be such a good such a good movie if we could like get it a little bit faster because i feel like we're really missing an avengers movie before king dynasty and i've said that in like some of the articles i've written and so i feel like brave new world and thunderbolts and armor wars will all be like that kind of big avenger style crossover like when you mash them all together with all the characters that will be appearing between them and so i feel like secret invasion is setting the stage for that in a really interesting way even if we don't get any of those heroes in the show And I know that some heroes have been rumored for the show, like going as far back as like 2020. Um, But again, like even if scrolls just destabilize world governments and throw Earth into like chaos and like distrust, and then having that affect Sam so significantly in Brave New World, I feel like if you're going to go that route, then you don't really need Sam to show up in Secret Invasion because the invasion is still going to have a big impact on his life regardless. And so that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Great answer. Is it my turn? Is it my yeah, turn? It is. <laughs> it is. Damn. 
Do you I want me to go? You want me to go first? It. Sure, go ahead because I still I'm still working on mine. <laughs> so the hard part about this is, especially being in our line of work, is knowing stuff and then knowing like having to formulate an answer around it. So I under I feel your your pain right now, Alex. I think that well, how this is going to change going forward is that I think you're going to see such a dynamic shift in the governmental like world status of the MCU going forward that nothing's ever going to be the same. I still think that there's going to be people who don't trust each other. Nick Fury is going to probably not trust anybody, um, especially after losing Maria Hill, that I think that he's going to, you know, he's going to retreat and go to where we see him again in Saber um, in the sky because he doesn't want to, he doesn't know who to trust on earth anymore. So he almost wants to just get off of it. So it makes me wonder, is his wife going to die as well? Because First off, why did he leave his wife? Why is she still on earth? What do we know about her? Nothing. I was always on the boat that I was hoping he was going to end up with Maria Rambo from Captain Marvel because I thought they had some great chemistry together. And now it's someone else, you know? And like, so it's like that, that really is interesting about his wife and why he keeps leaving. And is she okay with it? Or how does she factor into that? Um, but I think that the status of the world is going to have changed so much that I cannot wait for Captain America 4 because it's going to be totally different. Nothing's going to look the same. And then even looking forward to like Black Panther 3 and stuff, the, the world powers are never going to be the same. So I think that's going to be how it changes so fundamentally MCU and it's not going to be something we easily recognize. And then it's probably just going to get all messed up because we're going right into Secret Wars not long after. So it doesn't even matter. Who knows? All right. Did I stall enough for you, Alex, to formulate an answer? Yeah, so I, I noticed a lot of people, like you guys are just mentioning, like uh, uh, Captain America. Uh, there's also um, Thunderbolts and all these projects. I'm surprised no one's mentioned the Marvels since that's a, a complete tie in to it's going to Secret Invasion sets up what's coming in the Marvels and it also explains what Fury is going to be doing from here on out especially with within the context of the marvels we know that there's been you know conversations about what's been going on and and all that and it kind of ties into what theory's been up to but um there's also for me what i what i want what i'm expecting right now about secret invasion is that this show it has the potential to change things further beyond than any of us ever think you know and there is there is so much that could be affected in this show like there's so much that this show is going to change because everything you thought you knew about the mcu could literally be a lie at this point and i'm talking phase one stuff that you thought oh this is like a basic cornerstone of the mcu and it's literally just gonna be it's like a jenga you you hit it from the bottom and the damn thing just gonna crumble you know and and this show has the potential to do that and and i think they're gonna go for that route because how do you effectively change the mcu forever if you don't essentially break down what happened before so mm -hmm. i i know that this show is going to effectively change not just what we knew but it's also going to change what's going to happen moving forward because it is going to be the thing that 
essentially it's going to be the thing that ushers this sort of event is going to usher in it's going to push things forward that i cannot talk about right now that i will eventually probably talk about in another podcast when i have the liberty to speak it but it's going to push certain things to go forward in the mcu and and push forward into different storylines that you know at first you know like people kept thinking how are we ever going to get to this point and secret invasion is the key point to that it's going to tackle the street war the street stories with you know uh captain america 4 and thunderbolts it's going to affect the cosmic side with the marvels it's going to hit home with with armor wars uh it's gonna it's gonna and it's gonna affect other projects that haven't been announced yet and it's really going to be exciting because because yeah it's going to be exciting and, and and i'm hyped and it's sad and it sucks because i can't talk about it right now but i know it's going to be great <laughs> don't worry we'll harass you after that we stop recording i'm just kidding um <laughs> so sounds like we're in for a great time we have five more weeks of this and then we'll be back talking about this again uh so unfortunately we are running out of time but we'd love to continue the conversation with you listeners so check us out at thecosmiccircus.com or you can find us on Twitter and other social medias at My Cosmic Circus and also at our Cosmic Circus podcast Twitter at Cosmic Podcasts. Thank you again for tuning in to The Cosmic Circle. My name is Brian Kitson and you can find me on Twitter at Kitson301. Uday, Anthony, Alex, thank you so much for joining me. Before we go, can you tell the people where they can find you? You can find me on social media at GoldenNinja3000. You can find me on Twitter at Rodova underscore. And you can find me on Twitter as Alex from CC. I can't wait to talk with you guys again. Hopefully we can get you back in five weeks. But thanks again, listeners. Can't wait to our next trip through the cosmos.